A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 221. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where psychology and business sit down to chat. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, speaker, executive coach, and consultant to entrepreneurs, leadership, and their companies. I believe psychology is the key to adapting and thriving both personally and in business. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for people searching for deeper conversation, deeper insight, and deeper research on psychology and business, where weekly conversations and content spark rare and profound insight, inspiring new awareness, new analysis, and new action. It is my mission to unlock the role of psychology inside every human touchpoint in business, all aimed at simplifying and harnessing psychology principles, skills, and strategies you can learn and apply so you and your business continue to grow and thrive. Grab a proverbial seat and tune in for insightful interviews, scientific research, psychology-based frameworks and reflections, and answers to thought-provoking questions so you can learn and leverage psychology for yourself and your business. Welcome to Thrive Thursday with Dr. Yishai. This week on the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, I had Xander Sprague, licensed professional clinical counselor, award-winning speaker, and author of three books, including the Amazon bestseller, Epic Begins with One Step Forward, Plan, Achieve, and Enjoy the Journey. Our conversation was so insightful that I just had to share it all with you, which means a double dose of insight last week. In part one, episode 219, Xander shared his path from over two decades in the corporate world to pursuing his license as a professional clinical counselor and into coaching, training, and speaking. Xander also shared the most powerful lesson he learned and teaches others about making your life epic. In part two, episode 220, Xander digs into the details of how your inner critic can sabotage your dreams and how to handle both the internal and external challenges that disrupt your dreams. Xander also shares a powerful mindset shift through intentionally shifting the language you think and speak with. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episodes 219 and 220 to learn mindset shifts and tangible tactics to help you move towards your epic goals and live your epic life. Following our conversation, I wanted to dig deeper into one of the ideas that Xander and I discussed, specifically accomplishing your goals and living your dreams. Along the way, I'm going to share some research, frameworks, and break down how to make the most of your strategy and approach in moving the needle towards your goals and dreams. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams, and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout. 
if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. Now, without further ado, let's dive into how to overcome psychological pitfalls that prevent you from accomplishing your goals. What do chocolate and mugs have to do with accomplishing your goals and dreams? Perhaps nothing. Or maybe something more than it appears at first blush. Have you ever heard of the endowment effect? I know what you might be thinking. It sounds like the reason that big donors or investors get to have their names plastered all over a building, a program, an organization, or a movement. Ironically, in a way, it's not actually very far off from what you might be thinking. And the endowment effect is actually a massive driver for accomplishing big goals. According to psychology and behavioral economics, the endowment effect is an emotional bias that leads people to increase their sense of value when they have ownership compared to when they do not. In one brilliant piece of research, a bunch of people were given a coffee mug, which they got to call their own and take home with them. But then the researchers tried to offer chocolate in trade for the mug. The majority of the participants turned down the offer. And if you're thinking maybe they lowballed the offer, the researchers did just the reverse. They gave people the same amount of chocolate that they had offered initially, and then they offered to trade that very same mug for the chocolate. Still, most people turned it down. No deal. What they concluded is that once people take possession of something, and it doesn't really matter what it is, they treat it as more valuable and are reluctant to let it go. And maybe that's the reason that attaching a plaque to a building or receiving an award, whether for a local sports league or an Oscar, has any meaning. We create a kind of bond and attachment and develop a sense of value when we experience a kind of possession, a kind of ownership. But how does the endowment effect make any difference in reaching your goals and dreams? Well, the first half of the puzzle is understanding how the endowment effect increases our investment in something. Whether it's something we own, that's tangible, or a goal we have, once we take possession of it, we tend to resist letting it go. We invest in keeping it around. And that makes it a significant part of attaining our goals and keeping them going. But there is another body of seemingly conflicting research, the other half of the puzzle. For example, according to a bunch of research studies, when people publicly share their goals, 
they're actually less likely to accomplish them. And they tend to spend less time, less effort, and they'll give up sooner. Which is so confusing. I mean, isn't publicly exclaiming your goals the same as naming your company after you, or having a plaque on your desk with your name on it, or putting your name on your lunch? Are you not, in effect, taking ownership of your goals by saying it out loud to people? In fact, there's a subtle pitfall that we can fall into when we publicly declare our goals. According to research, when goals are made public, people feel satisfied sooner, as if they completed their goal, even when they're only partially completed, or worse, before they've even started. So what's happening here, and how can you ensure that you're really moving the needle towards your goals without falling into mental, emotional, or psychological pitfalls? I'm going to break down on three axes and show you how to avoid some common pitfalls while getting yourself geared up and going forward, all with a simple formula. And here's my formula for how to avoid pitfalls and move the needle toward your goals and dreams. P versus F times three equals stepping forward. P versus F stands for a dichotomy that you're going to need to navigate and balance in order to tip yourself forward to take your first or your next step forward. There are three dichotomies you need to work on keeping in balance, and they are number one, present versus future, number two, possession versus fantasy, and number three, process versus final result. The first dichotomy, present versus future, might seem obvious, but there's a subtle challenge and shift that can happen and get in the way of successfully working towards your goals and dreams. When we set goals, envision a future, or think about our wildest dreams, we create a mental image of that future, one we hope to step into. On the one hand, without an idea or image of a future, it can be much more difficult to motivate yourself, to focus, and to move toward your goals. It's hard to move the needle when it's so fuzzy and unclear what you are trying to move towards. But sometimes people get stuck in envisioning the future, and then they struggle to take the steps they need to in order to bridge between their present and the future they envision. It can be easy to get stuck in the present and miss out on envisioning the future. And it can be equally easy to get stuck in the future and miss out on taking the first or next steps to move forward. In fact, according to research, when people set goals and focus mostly on what it will be like once they've accomplished them, it increases the likelihood they will lose motivation focus, and even give up entirely on working towards their goals. In a way, this mirrors the pitfall I was talking about earlier of publicly sharing your goals and dreams. People often react and share their awe and admiration for your goals, focusing on the future instead of the present. In a subtle way, it can actually shift your thinking and decision-making away from focusing on what to do today to help get you there. 
all of which can amount to tripping you before you've even considered or started on your next step. The second dichotomy, possession versus fantasy, speaks to the endowment effect. When we take possession of our goals and dreams, when we feel ownership, we often integrate it into our identity. Doing that can have a huge impact on motivation, on persistence, and even on performance. For example, research has shown that people who think of an activity or goal as part of who they are today are more likely to take action, stick with it, and perform better than people who see a goal as who they wish or dream they could be. In fact, in a research study from 1997, 25 years ago, by Professor Gary McPherson, with kids who were learning to play an instrument, he showed that this difference in self-perception and identification explained a 400% increase in musical skill among children who played an instrument when they identified as a musician, even when they practiced for less than a quarter of the time or 20 minutes versus 130 minutes. So one trap people can fall into is fantasizing about a future or imagined self, one that's actually detached from how they see themselves, rather than intentionally creating and investing in experiencing ownership of their goals and dreams by way of a self-identity or self-identification. Again, the distinction can sometimes feel really subtle or nuanced, but it has a big impact. To borrow a quote from the book Atomic Habits, James Clear writes, Small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. But there are two ways to create a new identity. One is to take ownership without evidence, and the other is to accumulate evidence to cement the idea, belief, the story or view of yourself that becomes your identity. Interestingly enough, just a few lines above that, James Clear writes, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become, which makes sense if you're at the starting line of a race. Every step you take gets you closer to your finish line. But I do want to push back on an important point that you need to keep in mind and balance. If you think only in terms of who you wish to become, as James Clear puts it, as though that person is a future fantasy self, you might be unintentionally training yourself to forever see the finish line as miles ahead of you. It can be both exhausting and discouraging to keep running towards the future self you envision only to see it again and again miles ahead of you. When you work to live your goals and dreams as an identity, instead of a future or fantasy, it may become a more deeply ingrained part of your day-to-day actions and living. It can also be more sustainable because it's not just something you accomplish one day and then you're done because you've already put in all the time and effort you need. Instead, it requires daily work, a kind of self-perpetuating maintenance but it's a kind of maintenance that's about maintaining your identity. And so that maintenance can even generate growth. And according to Professor Gary McPherson's research, it might make the difference 
in your performance and your growth. The third dichotomy, final product versus process, follows what I was just saying. When you focus only on the final product, it can lead to missing out and not focusing on the process of how to make your way there. One of the examples that perfectly illustrates this concept is at the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. When Professor Quirrell is trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone out of the mirror of Erised, all he sees is the final product. He sees himself handing the stone over to Lord Voldemort, who's happy and rewarding him for succeeding. He's so stuck on the end result that he's blinded to the process, how to actually get the stone. In fact, it's Voldemort who has to snap Quirrell out of it and get him to focus on how to get the stone by instead using Harry. I often see people who struggle with this dichotomy. For some, they can envision the end result they want or the positive effects and benefits once they reach their goals and dreams, but they feel lost, uncertain, or unable to get from where they are now to where they want to be. Alternatively, some people are trying so hard to take the right step or are so afraid of making a mistake because they assume a misstep will ruin everything. It can be the fast track to getting stuck in a loop of trying to perfect the process to only take the exact correct right step forward. In both cases, paralysis can ensue. So what can you do to take your first or next step and to do that without getting stuck or tripped up by these pitfalls? Intentionally set yourself up to navigate these three dichotomies. Envision your future clearly, but don't lose sight of what you need to do in the present to help get you there. Fantasize about what you can do and what you can accomplish and how you can be while taking ownership of your identity, your goals, and your dreams as if they are a part of you already. Be clear about the final result you want and be willing to make mistakes along the way. Think of those as opportunities to fine-tune your process for growing, for reaching your goals, and for living your dreams. Maybe you can even write it on a mug like an identity slogan so you can take ownership. But don't show it to too many people or you might accidentally think you finished before you really are. And on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. 
Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 